Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, Mr. David Bugle, and as always from thebigkickoff.com, it's Peter Moore. Now, today's podcast is a Transfer Talk special. Yeah, and there's only one transfer to start with, and it's a huge story. Lionel Messi trying to force his way out of Barcelona, his home for 20 years. Peter, give us some background into why the world's best player wants to get away from the new camp. Well, quite honestly, Roy, um, he's virtually just, he's done what he can at Barcelona, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think he can do any more, no. He's obviously very, very upset about everything the club, what's happened in the background, the lot. I mean, he really wants to win a Champions League. Remember, he hasn't won a Champions League uh, with Barca since uh, 2015. That's a long time. Barca has spent a huge amount of money on Dembele, Philip Coutinho and Anton Griezmann, uh, all to no success as well, which I think that's played on his mind as well. And at the end of the day, he's basically holding the cards. He literally wants to go. It's as simple as that. Um, La Liga ruled <laughs> as well that uh, the £624 million, pound, I know it's astonishing when you think of it, that is big money, £624 million pound release clause in his contract remains valid after Messi demonstrated his de- determination to leave by failing to report to the club's training ground uh, yesterday. Uh, he, he should have arrived there to have a COVID-19 test ahead of the planned return to team training, ahead of obviously the uh, the Liga starting very uh, shortly indeed, but he didn't, which obviously signals even more as far as Messi is concerned. He just basically wants to leave. He, he wanted to leave for three by exercising a clause in his four-year contract, which actually was signed in 2017. Now, that would have allowed him to depart for nothing if he submitted a request before June the 10th of this particular year. Messi's lawyers, having said that, will argue that date, normally 10 days after the expected end of the season, should still apply as Messi submitted his request to leave within that time period following the end of the postponed 2019 and 20 season. But La Liga has now intervened to say that it will not deregister uh, Messi's uh, uh, contract as such, and t- unless the release clause is met, and for obvious reasons, that release clause means somehow someone's got to stump up either £624 million plus or come to some sort of a, a deal with players involved and money involved also as well. I mean, this is where, of course, the plot thickens, Roy. So, excuse me, really... It opens up all sorts of avenues. It could even, of course, eventually end up in the high courts over in uh, uh, Spain, and we could have, could start getting into a legal situation as well. And if that is going to be the case, excuse the pun, then really everything's going to turn very messy. Yeah, and, and indeed. Ronald Koeman was quickly installed as Setien's replacement after which Messi reportedly told the Dutchman that he saw himself more out of the club than in it. 
and uh, he had this meeting he cut his holiday short and all to have this meeting now the Argentinian news outlet Diario Ole claims a meeting with Koeman where Koeman told him your privileges in the squad are over you have to do everything for the team I'm going to be inflexible you have to think about that and uh, think about the team he says the Frank Exchange reportedly convinced Messi that his time is set to leave the club so Peter had Messi made his mind up before this meeting or do you think that Koeman had a chance to talk him around? No, I think Roy, he, he made his mind up, uh, I think, a, I say a long time ago, I'm not talking years, I, I think he made his mind up a few months ago, really. I mean, we've discussed this before on the podcast. His body language hasn't been right for a very long time. He's, he's, he's been stated for quite a while. He's clearly unhappy with everything over there in Spain. Yes, I agree. Perhaps Kuman tried his very best to try and iron out the problems and possibly came up with some sort of solution. But clearly, when a player like him, in his mind, he clearly wants to go. And he's made that plain and obvious as well. So, no, I, I really honestly think, Roy, this has been brewing for a very long time. Yeah, and as you said, the contract clause, the bio contract clause is 700 million euro. And former Bar- Barcelona president uh, Juan Laporta accused the current president of wanting to sell Messi in a tweet he published last Tuesday. I suspect, he said, they will sell Messi and they want to sell Messi. Now, Messi's wages are 88 million euro gross and the club has a huge hole that's left in the club after the pandemic of 300 million. Dave, are the club not really hoping to keep Messi? Are they looking to sell him really? Is that the thing? They don't want him to go free. And in this you know, financial crisis, the wage bill, which makes up 60% of their, their, their income, and now it'll probably go up to 80% because of the, the pandemic. Is it really just about money and not wanting them to stay? Yeah, like I suppose... If he's made his mind up, which I think it looks quite clear that he has, I think that's the way it's looking with them really taking the hardball tactic of uh, get away with the ruling from La Liga. It's very much, as you, you the stats you've just proven with the 60% of the wages, I'd say it's like, let's get what we can for the guy. I think everyone and their mother will pretty much agree that the 640-odd million will not be kind of paid, but they will try and get the best that they can. The rumours of a set amount of money and a couple of players... I know that's going to be hard work to get from somebody, but that's I'd say will be the ultimate because we've always known and we've always discussed how much uh, financial trouble Barcelona are in due to probably some of their flippant spending of money over the last few few years of which Peter has brought up. And now obviously the fact that they can't bring in some gate, which allegedly is part of uh, Messi's um, contract as well, that he gets a slight portion of the gate because the majority, well, there'll be some tourist fans who come to just see him, not necessarily the club. And apparently that's in on the contract as well, not just image rights and, and wages. So it just goes to show you what a piece of the pie he has at that club. And I'd say with Bartomeu, it's very much like, let's. it's time to cash in on the biggest cash care we have, seeing as the fans aren't coming in. So the signs are there that that's what it looks like. I think the damage is done in relation to the what was said with Koeman and Bartomeu kind of pretending that he'll go but deep down I think they know he's, he, he's, his mind is made up the fact that he didn't show up yesterday to kind of keep things sweet in relation to contracts and in relation to kind of the business end of it to make it easier for Messi 
Um, now it's a case of just get what we can. And uh, obviously, the, there's only one or two clubs who can really fulfill that, that fee or get what they think or want to get to plug in the hole. Yeah, if you're saying that they might have to give some cash and maybe a couple of players. If it was Man City who took them, what two mm. players could you see going the other direction? It's very difficult because I know there were some silly rumours and De Bruyne was mentioned, but as I said, that's just kind of Twitter, kind of bits and pieces. Like, I suppose you could easily pick, I know it's, it's this is whether they want to or not, but I'm sure you could easily pick a, a toss-up between Mares and Bernardo Silva because you obviously don't need the two. Mm. Um, after that, it's a bit of a tough one because, you know, you'd want Aguero to stay because obviously the Argentinian league and somebody who he knows, Jesus, you want him to stay because he's, potentially the next in line to replace Aguero. Sterling is still the future of the club, even though Messi's only Messi's going to be there for, what, two, three seasons max? Because that's one of the great rumours as well, according to uh, a couple of reports today, that City are putting in a big package where, as you know, City are part of the City group where they've clubs around the world. And it's going to be a five-year deal where he's going to be at, at Man City for two to three seasons. And then to finish his career, with New York City in, uh, in obviously the Big Apple in the US of A. So that's another one of the rumour packages today to try and keep them sweet. Uh, but second player, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one after that. I think unless City sacrifice a top player, I think after a Mares or a Silva, it, it, I think it's going to be a sacrifice for City and it's just something that they're willing to make for Messi. Other than that, you could pick many players, but somebody who Barcelona would be really interested in, it's probably some of the lads who I've already mentioned. After that, I don't know if there's anyone in midfield or defence they'd easily pluck. I suppose, say, yeah, yeah it, it depends on who Barcelona really feel that they need, what position exactly. they need to be taken up. Obviously, they try and mooch De Bruyne, let's face it, why wouldn't you? But I think City be crazy to give up on him if you're bringing in somebody as good as Messi. Yeah. Um, we all want to see him in the Premier League, of course, but is there a chance... Mm. Is there a chance that we could be left disappointed with a, a post-prime Messi or is he still at the height of his powers? That's, that's see, this is the, the, the new question as I've been kind of putting out there to one or two people. Like, obviously, he, would, he wouldn't have had one of his most prolific seasons last year. Uh, he 20, I, I had the stats up earlier on, but he, he had a slightly less output last year, but I, you'd still take him for one, well, business-wise, any Premier League club would be crazy not to take him with the money he could bring in. Worldwide sales, blah, 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 shirts and, and all the image and rights and everything else that comes with it. It's massive news for them. But I have a stats here, Dave. I think... It's, uh, yeah, go for it. 33 appearances in the league, 25 goals only, and uh, 20, <laughs> 21 assists. So not, not bad. So 25 and 33 in the league, Shano, uh, for a winger slash striker. You take it in a half, you knew you were going to get that. But the interesting question is, is that what you're going to get in the Premier League? I know, fair enough, he is still the world's best. And uh, what was it? What was the great statistic? He is, I think, the fourth highest scorer against the Big Four and he's never even played in the Premier League. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So technically we could probably claim that he can do it, if you know what I mean. So everyone gives it the big one that it's, it's, it's it's the toughest league, maybe physically because obviously it's a it's slightly higher pace, but 
somebody as good as this guy will just press a little button in his brain and compute how to play the game, you know, and I can see him slotting in and I might upset the apple cart a little bit in the first few weeks or in the first few months because there'll, there'll be a bit of an element of do City play the way City play, which is incredibly effective, or do they try and play a way that kind of keeps him happy and might upset City? So it, that's City might suffer, but he, he mightn't. But it might upset the apple cart in relation to next season if it was to slot in. So that's the interesting one. Will he still do it? Absolutely. I'd be shocked if he didn't get beyond 20 goals um, and obviously double figure assists. And I think anyone would take that alongside the business element of it that comes with it. You know, yeah, and of course, there would be a hell of a lot. Stoke would benefit hugely because there'd be a hell of a lot of Stoke followers <laughs> next year looking to see if that eternal question comes to light in yeah, the following year. <laughs> well, even the next year, can can Stoke get up into the Premier League the following year to and and, and make it to November? We'd be all looking out all for that. Need, <laughs> and all we need is Man United to get the finger out and break the bank and get Ronaldo back, and that'll be the ultimate Premier League season. You know. <laughs> City, Ronaldo v Messi, let's get it on. <laughs> uh, uh, Peter, would this arrival cut the gap between City and Liverpool instantly, or is Nathan Ake going to be going unnoticed as Messi takes all the plaudits? <laughs> uh, good question, actually. Uh, yes, look, look, if City uh, sign Messi, which right, everyone's speculating that is going to be the case, it certainly, it certainly looks very clear if he is going to depart from uh, Spain. I think it will cut the gap, yes, but City, I don't think it's all just, it's, it won't just all be about Messi. I mean, I think Dave brought up a really good point there when he said quite rightly that, you know, you look at his stats last season, all right, yeah, they're good. They're not exceptional as what it has been in the past. No, true. But he's going to have a lot of pressure on, it, on his shoulders. You've got to remember, he's never played in the Premier League before. Okay, yes, he is the greatest footballer in the world. Uh, I think you know, people can argue with that debate time and time again. But realistically, he is the greatest. He probably will be for a long time, even still to come, I think. True. But he's still got to prove himself in the greatest league, i.e. the Premier League. Um, he could be a complete flop. I don't think he will be, no, obviously. But at the end of the day, um, is he going to go straight in there and uh, immediately start playing the as they said you know the city way uh in particular is he going to start banging in goals left right and center i mean remember all right city strike force is in a league of its own i mean if you start mixing uh messi in with them then yes obviously <laughs> you're going to have even more goals from a side like that and of course if you have a side like city producing even more goals than what they would normally do then of course they're going to run liverpool close and if anything they're going to um Overtake Liverpool. Uh, I won't say by a distance, but certainly, certainly by a few furlongs in horse racing terms. Definitely, yes. So he he is. If, if that is the case, yes. In, in fairness, he will make City. I would think very very much Premier League favourites, as if they aren't already uh, for next season. So yes, I mean that 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 goes without saying. I think the real difference will be settling in, as Dave pointed out quite rightly. It's probably going to take a few weeks, might be slightly longer for him to settle in. He is going to find the Premier League extremely uh, different than what La Liga is. He's probably not going to be given too much time than what he is in La Liga, which is another thing I think people have to consider. 
And of course, uh, sort of a bit of a joke, really. But I mean, you know, we, we talk about Stoke, yeah. But <laughs> imagine a wet, windy, cold night at Turf Moor, Roy, on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> now, would he really fancy that against a Burnley side who, uh, well, <laughs> would make it difficult for him? <laughs> You're going to have a lot of Stoke people writing in now, Dave. Don't or or, or, or don't take it away from them. This is their moment. Well, well. <laughs> Stoke are the one and only true barometer in, in English football. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it's definitely something that's going to keep creeping on and creeping on. Hopefully, they can just resolve just, it. Just before you go, Shannon, do you genuinely believe it's going to happen? It, yes, now because what I, I just cannot see why Barcelona would want uh, Messi in their squad, a player who doesn't want to play for them. I just, I just, I think they're looking for the money. That's it, you know, simple as yeah. they're going to get the best deal possible for them. They know he's going to go, and if he doesn't go this year, he's gone next summer. So they're ha- they're just trying yeah. to get what they can get for him. Uh, will it go yeah. to the courts? I don't even think it's going to go to the courts. I think that they will mm. agree uh, a hefty sum whether it's over a certain amount of years or what. And as you said, a couple of players could sweeten that as well. So yeah. I don't know if it, this could run on till October, though. That's the only thing. I don't think it's going to be yeah. settled in the next few weeks. So, But listen, October is before November. So we know. <laughs> get excited. OK, <laughs> it's time to talk. I hope to get a friendly in November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time to talk about this man. Here comes Neves. Doherty, 30 yards from goal to Jimenez, back to Doherty, into the area, Doherty to cycle, oh, Matt Doherty, Matt Doherty, Matt Doherty, into the bottom corner, left-footed to send Molyneux, it's a sheer pandemonium. Forget Lionel Messi, Dave, have Spurs got a steal at 15 million when they purchase Matt Doherty? Who the hell is Matt Doherty? Yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope, is Matt Doherty? I hope the Londoners can can pronounce his name better than they can there. Matt Doherty, um, yeah. 15 million is an absolute bargain. Uh, ready-made player in the Premier League. Obviously a fancy football dream over the last few seasons with uh, eight goals and 11 assists in the, in the last two seasons in the Premier League. Yes, he is a he's a talented player and a seriously good player going forward. I I have no doubt uh, uh, of his qualities in that sense. But with Mourinho, I think it could help add more to his bow because I'm not saying he's a bad defender or anything like that. But it's not something that we'd all be very clued in on compared to his uh, attacking qualities. And I know it's kind of a more of a, almost a wing back role at excuse me, at Wolves, it's just to, it's the element of how Spurs are going to play. If it's a three at the back with him as a wing back, fantastic. Not much different. But if it's a back four, he might have his wings clipped only ever so slightly. And it'll be just then to really, it'll be, I think it'd be great to be under Mourinho's tutelage on the defensive element of the game to improve on top of his obviously his, his well-known offensive output. So, and in that sense, and for 15 million, I think it's a cracking move for them. He obviously doesn't fancy Serge Aurier and uh, the young guy who Kyle Walker Peters, if I'm not mistaken, was the was the understudy at one point. Um, I think he's moved on. 28 peak time, yeah, he's moved on. But 28 peak peak time, another three or four seasons at the very very peak of his powers. And as I said, it's a great move for him and for us, obviously at Ireland, because I just think under Mourinho, he could just add the defensive element to what is already. Uh, a well-known offensive element in his game and I, I'm sorry I don't mean to disrespect him in that way because I'm not saying he's a bad defender but I just think he could really sharpen that up under 
Mourinho's tutelage. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what way Mourinho's looking at this because he is a wing back. Yeah. Now he can play right full and he is a good full back, but yeah. it would be very interesting to see is he going to go three at the back, Mourinho? And if he does, I think that'd suit, first of all, Matt Doherty. Yeah. Second of all, I think it'll suit Ireland because we were discussing Ireland there the other week and you wouldn't be surprised now yeah. with the way Stephen Kenny's been talking that Ireland might go to a three at the back as well because he's trying to fit yeah. Coleman in as well. So Matt Doherty yeah. might get his wing back. So it, 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 yeah. could, it could be a great move for him. Do you think, like you're looking at Spurs and they've brought in two players so far. They're not breaking the bank. Levy is, is doing his, his, his very cute deals that he normally does. Yeah. Do you think Mourinho is getting the players that he wants or is he getting players down his list? In relation to Doherty, I wouldn't say so. He'd be, he'd be one of the go-to guys in the Premier League, I think. I think so. Um, well, I already said I think he's the best rifle, better than yeah, Alexander-Arnold. Like you look at your Man City's. No, but your Man City's and, 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 and Liverpool's are already settled right back who so are going nowhere. United are the same. Arsenal are kind of tinkering at the minute. But... As regards the teams above him, there's, you're not going to be able to pull from any of them. So, and no disrespect, as I, I, I would tend to agree with you in relation to Matt Doherty, but as, a, as regards the best of the rest of the clubs, he would definitely be number one on the list and obviously number one in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the entire league. So I think it's a number one choice and he does tend to buy these kind of guys at their peak as well. Like, you know, it's well known that the, he brings in your Drogba's and even Diego Costa's guys who have been there, done it, and it's kind of like they're good to go now. Um, and he's just, he fits that mould, and they're have to get him at a steal of fifteen million, and it's a, a mixture of what Mourinho wants and that clever Levy kind of watching the poor strength. Some clubs are probably going to do this right in relation to the pandemic, and Spurs obviously after splashing the cash on the stadium probably need to be careful. They could be bold and really try and break the bank to get back into that top four. But if they don't get in, it could put them in serious trouble. Um, so I'd say probably not ideal for Mourinho in the sense of he'd love to be back in there mixing it with the very, very top. But I think it could be just that year where it's like, look, we'll help you, we'll support you as best we can, but we need to be clever. And maybe when the fans are back in and the 60,000 seater and we can really bring in the money, will back him all the way in that sense providing he's he's, he's, he's he's doing what he's doing yeah yeah. Peter Ben Chilwell went to Chelsea for 50 million Matt Doherty's gone to Spurs for 15 million something that we've always looked at, at outside of of England is how much an English player costs it seems to be an inflated price on an English player's head for no apparent reason only they are English why is this? What's what is it all about? I think a lot of it is what sort of um, value clubs really rate a, a particular player at. I mean, you know, I agree with Dave. I mean, to get Matt Doherty for fifteen million, uh, that could well be one of the bargains of the summer, if not the bargain of the summer. Uh, yes, definitely, I totally agree with him as well there. But Chilwell, fifty million, yeah. I, I, I suppose you see a lot of. A lot of clubs in particular, if, if they're going to deal with, a, say, a club like Chelsea, remember Abranovich has virtually admitted, and so has Lampard in particular, that there's going to be big funds available. And of course, once words like big funds available becomes uh, heard, then immediately up goes the price. 
for a particular player that that particular club is uh, specifically after. And that's why I think Chelsea in particular and Chilwell, 50 million, yeah, I mean, you could sit down and say it is inflated by far and away when you consider what Tottenham has done as regards business-wise with Doherty. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult to answer because, as I said, I, I generally feel a lot of the situations is depending on the clubs. It's like, for instance, if a player comes up in England and Manchester City are immediately involved with them, straight away up will go the asking price because they know very well that a club like City have got those type of funds available, whether a pandemic or not, they will still go out and spend big money. Chelsea, as I mentioned before, have certainly got that particular amount of money. We're talking about Tottenham. You can throw Arsenal into the mix. Those type of clubs are clearly never, ever, as it stands at the moment, going to be in a position to really go out and spend big money, uh, even on a star quality player. So I, I think that's the main reason why. And just finally, quickly on Matt Doherty, I don't know, D- D- Dave might be able to answer this, or you might be able to answer this, Roy. Um, he was signed from League of Ireland side Bohemians back in 2010. Yeah. Now, I wonder, which hopefully for Bohemians, which would be quite good, actually, is there something in that uh, clause yeah. that the Bohemians get a percentage? Yeah, there's um they they have a ten percent clause in there, so they're they're due to get one point seven million euro, which is huge for for Bohemians, and uh, that's they, what I thought. Yeah, and they yeah. had a um, they were out and talking on 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 Twitter actually that they they're not going to waste the money. They're going to make sure, and and at the moment, Bohemians are one of the best run marketing, and they're run they're running a, a shoestring really at the moment. It's kind of even part-time football there so it's a huge amount of money for that club uh, which which will help go towards uh, maybe a new stadium uh, they they have there's plans down the line for that as well so there's all sorts of things going on but yeah 1.7 million is probably like uh, 100 million to a Premier League club for both good to hear very good to hear yeah um, I'll stay with you, Peter. Rob Holding going to Newcastle, maybe, and many many Arsenal fans believe that he is probably their best centre back, and he's been unfortunate with injuries. Should Arsenal let him go? Would it be a good move for him and Newcastle? I, I think to answer your question, yes and yes. To be honest with you, I know that's going to upset a lot of Arsenal fans. You're right; he, he's been one of a one of the shining lights, uh, certainly of last disappointing season for Arsenal. Um, but at the end of the day, remember, um, is he going to get many chances? I think the answer at the moment, when you look at that Arsenal side with uh, William Saliba and uh, Gabriel likely to sign, I stress the word likely to sign in the case of Gabriel in particular. So you look at that sort of squad at the moment and Arteta is beginning to certainly build a very solid squad, especially at the back in particular. I don't really think Rob Holding's going to get too many opportunities. I think he'll he, probably get opportunities in the Cups, yes. But as regards regular first-team Premier League football, I think the answer to that is no. So, therefore, uh, Arsenal loan him out to a club like Newcastle. I, I think that will suit both parties. It will cert- certainly suit Newcastle. It will also suit Rob Holding because I'm pretty certain that if, he does, if it does come off, then he's going to get regular first-team football. And... A player like Holding is only going to improve, remember, if he gets constant Premier League 
football week in, week out. And so I think if it does go ahead, fingers crossed for Newcastle fans, I know they desperately want it to go through. Uh, if it does go ahead, yeah, I think it's good for Newcastle and also for him as well in particular. Yeah, and um, it'll be seen. Again, Arsenal look fairly fairly compact, fairly decent against Liverpool in the Community Shield. And again, you know, a lot of people were saying, I heard a lot of radio shows talking about Arteta's done really well, shoring them up. And he's only had a few days, a couple of weeks. I'm not sure he has. I think it's probably a bit more luck. And you have to have about run of 10 games to get an average of, of what this Arsenal team is like defensively. But I think Rob Holding, David Luiz, I think I'd be holding on to Rob Holding, uh, first of all. Dave. Van de Beek to Manchester United from Ajax for 40 million and this one is looking like it's going through because there's a, a medical going on in Holland. Absolutely and obviously uh, Van de Sar is uh, pulling the strings obviously with the links between himself uh, with Ajax and, and Man United and 40 million great price um, attacking midfielder. Now this is what's the interesting thing about it if he comes in with obviously the likes of uh, Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba there if he was a sitter, you'd probably say fair enough, a fresh a freshen up of the, the sitting midfield and maybe a replacement for Matic, but very much on the attack-minded side of things and would have been very much one of the mainstays in that run in the Champions League semi-finals of 2018-19. Um, in the last three seasons, he's got 11, 9 and 8 goals in the league. So very much on the attacking side of things in relation to midfield. So it's just where exactly he's going to fit in uh, would be interesting if it's like a permanent midfield three of him, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. It's very attack-minded with not much to show in relation to a bit of a midfield defensive steal in that sense if he was to be brought in because I can't see him being brought in as a bit bar player but um, very much would have when Davy Klassen left to go to Everton he was brought in through the youth setup and literally hit the ground running and it was definitely one of the mainstays, as I said, in that run. So I'm very intrigued that it's good business in money-wise, but just where exactly he's going to fit in the every in the uh, week-in, week-out kind of thing, I'm not 100% certain. And I'm not going to cast a rumour that a Pogba is gone or something like that because I fully expect it, uh, himself and obviously Fernandez to stay. So it's just how he's going to fit in or is it just typically United just make like really bringing in top, top players end of story uh, into a, a much larger squad. Well, uh, from what I've looked up, researched, Dave, um, he mm. was an attacking midfielder, correct? Playing in that Ajax side and, uh, and over the, f- the few years before that. But when De Jong left last year, he, s- he went back in further, deeper, into a deeper position mm. and has played there for Ajax kind of a little bit deeper this year. So, they might see him playing in that slightly deeper role. Maybe him and Pogba alongside mm. each other with Fernandez ahead of them. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because he's not an all out and out defensive midfielder. But um, maybe mm. that's maybe that's what Solskjaer's thinking. Maybe Solskjaer's thinking along the lines here of we want to have plenty of possession here, and and, and why do we need a defensive midfielder sitting there? I don't know. But Scott McTominay and Fred are still there, and I know Galatasaray are trying to get Fred. Uh, so and they've yeah. been torn down once already. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, it's it's an interesting one. Maybe they're going to develop him into that type of box to box midfielder rather than now. The other side that'll probably be the thinking. The other you side, know, uh, he's only got twenty. 
Go on, sorry, Sean. Sorry, I, I actually pressed the button there and turned myself off. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other side is is that he has played kind of on the right hand side of midfield, where you would mm. see uh, Daniel James play, uh, yeah. Greenwood play, and he he can play and kind of in a diamond in that midfield and then drift yeah. out when they're attacking out to the right hand side. So maybe he's just an extra option, you know, he can, maybe he's going to rotate this squad around so that different people can play in, in, in different positions. He's the new Eddie McGoldrick, is that what you're saying, the utility man? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Eddie's that good, really. <laughs> uh, he, he just, unfortunately for Eddie, he just played everywhere. It doesn't necessarily mean he played all that well, but he played everywhere, all back at Ireland and, and with Arsenal. But um, no, I think that's what I think that's a fair assessment of Van de Beek. And I've, obviously, I haven't seen as much of him this year in, in the air de Vizy, but still only what 23, 24. He's very much uh, definitely probably the most versatile of if he was going to be part of that midfield three, that he could be tailored into a, a more, not necessarily sit, but he could be the great fall guy for them. And as you said, he can move move across the, the midfield as they see fit. But uh, one thing that I've been reading up on and hearing from people that is just that he's a very, very clever player. Very much when he's going box to box, he just seems to be able to break that line to perfection better than almost anybody. He doesn't get caught offside almost, uh, even though a lot of people apparently when he does score, they, they almost go to him instead of VAR because he just has that gift of breaking the line at the right time. So he, he would definitely fit Solskjaer's mould who was always somebody who was thinking and watching the game and reading the game. So it could be a perfect fit and it's definitely going to bolster that midfield. Not that it needs massive um, bolstering but it's definitely a, a, another step in the right direction and a potential another cracking transfer move for United over the last say six months. Yeah. Uh, Peter, what do you reckon on that? Yeah, I think it is. I 100% agree with what Dave said. I think it's a very, very good move. It's a typical Manchester United type player signing, etc. You know, squad type player who will probably play quite a lot of games as well. Um, it's a Solskjaer, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer type of player, I feel as well, uh, also. And um, yeah, it, I suppose the interesting point is going to be where would you play him? What's going to happen to Pogba, as, as Dave was mentioning earlier as well, and, and you've also said that also as well, Roy. So I suppose that opens up a whole new can of worms. But at the end of the day, he comes very highly rated, remember, as well. He's only he's a younger player, isn't he? He's only 23 also. So, yeah, interesting to see how he gets on as well in the Premier League. Yeah, and I'll stick with you, Peter, because James Rodriguez looks like he's going to be going to Goodison Park. How big a sign is that? Well... <laughs> It will be a very big signing for, for Everton. I mean, Everton, remember, are always going to be in the shadows of Liverpool when it comes to signings and big names in particular. But to get a guy like this, uh, I think is very, very good business, even for the amount of money what they're talking about paying. And realistically, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good... It's one of those players who will... He's a, he'll entertain you as well. Uh, he's a good footballer and... And let's be honest, I mean, no disrespect to Everton and Everton fans, but they haven't really had a shining light of a player, have they, for quite a while. But a guy like this uh, certainly will bring uh, quite a lot of smiles, I think, to uh, Evertonians' faces around by far and away with the forthcoming Premier League. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm be honest with you, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him play in the Premier League. Dave, Manchester United are looking to shore up the defence. Yeah, um... Deo Upamecano, another one from the Red Bull 
Salzburg slash Leipzig kind of talent academy, as I like to, to call them. Um, only 21, obviously impressed in their Champions League run this year for RB Leipzig, but kind of went from Valencia and under 23s to RB Salzburg two or three seasons ago, and he left for nine million. Um, another one who's been brought up through the, as I said, the Red Bull kind of talent spotting. Um, a real defender's defender. Likes to get in the mix, kind of one of them where he's a magnet for the ball. Any ball coming in, he seems to be winning the headers. Very strong. But as I said, at 21, cracking time to be potentially getting a guy at a good price as well. Rumours of 40 million. Um, obviously, a good partnership potentially with the likes of Harry Maguire. They obviously need to add a bit of steel, I think, still to their back line. And this guy could be the answer and more the future compared to, say, Khalidou Koulibaly, who's been also heavily rumoured, but allegedly France Football, the well-known media outlet from France, have said uh, today in the last two hours that he has already agreed terms, personal terms with Man City. So Koulibaly could be on his mm. way to Man City. So uh, maybe that's where the Upamecano story has gathered legs. But I would be impressed if United were to get him. I'd, I'd, obviously, it's off the back of the Champions League run more so, I'm watching a bit more Bundesliga this year. But I just like the style of defender that he is. He's a defender first. And not, and I'm not getting away from his footballing skills, but he's a good defender. Whatever about whether he can spray balls left, right and centre is irrelevant. That guy knows how to defend and get stuck in. So I just think it's a... I like him and I like his style and I'd be a little bit jealous if he went there, if you know what I mean. That's the type of player I think he is. But yeah. um, for potentially forty million, I think it's a cracking boy, and I'm only twenty-one as well. I think he's get. yeah, no, I think he's a very he's a very solid defender. He can play football. One thing that I was very critical of Koulibaly was that he, I thought he panicked uh, very easily when he was on the ball. Good, yeah. strong defender, uh, decent pace, but I just thought he gave the ball away very easily and in dangerous areas yeah. on nu- numerous occasions. I've seen that. So out of two, if I was Manchester United, I'd be happy not to get Koulibaly. <laughs> And as a Liverpool fan, I'd hope you'd buy Koulibaly. He'll be the Manchester City Dejan Lovren. <laughs> so, uh, Potentially, like if, if France football have anything to go with, allegedly he's agreed personal terms in the last couple of hours. Okay. Uh, Peter, Newcastle are looking for another striker, is that right? Yeah, they are actually. Um, after all, I mean, Andy Carroll scored in pre-season. So I suppose I can always fall back on him, can't they? But uh, no, actually... <laughs> Uh, 29-year-old um, Porto striker Musa Morega is number one on the uh, two armies list at the moment. Um, the only stumbling block, so I've led to believe, is the actual transfer fee. Uh, Porto are holding out for at least 18 million for the striker. Newcastle at the moment only prepared to uh, bid 13 million. He's still got one year left of his contract as well. Uh, he's not a bad player. He's experienced. Yes, uh, he's 29 years of age. He in the uh, in the Portuguese league last season, 29 matches, 12 goals, along with five assists for uh, the uh, uh, striker as well. So I think the only it's certainly somebody that Newcastle wants. Yes, yet, as you say, yes, yet another striker. True, but at the end of the day, Newcastle's problems in the past has been goals. So they they certainly do need a main striker as such. Of course, the stumbling block, certainly as it stands at the moment, by the count, is of course going to be the money situation, whether or not uh, Porto will uh, relax down from that 18 million and get some near uh, Newcastle valuation of 13. 
Only time will tell, of course. But that seems to be the big talk in the northeast at the moment. Okay, uh, Dave, I see that Shane Duffy. Celtic have put in yeah. a, an offer for Shane Duffy, a, a loan transfer. By all means, there's a few things to be ironed out, but it looks like there's a great possibility as long as uh, Duffy wants to go that way. Good move again is it for the player and good move <laughs> for the club? Um, player, to an extent, yes, because he plays consistently week in, week out. I think it'd be more so who gets the better deal. I think it's Celtic. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, he's definitely an upgrade of what they have. I think... Uh, there's rumours that uh, Christopher Oyer is one of the want away guys as as Lennon alluded to after the um, Champions League uh, exit so you could see the ex-Oyer guy gone and Duffy coming in I definitely think it's a it's an upgrade obviously he'd be a big it's, it's known he's a Celtic fan so you know he's going to bring a lot to the table and in one of these where they get him for a year he does his job and then hopefully they can come up with a, a decent deal it could be you know, it. I can't see it being just a year. I'd be shocked if he goes up there. I can see him sticking around for, for a few years to come after that. But as much as it'd be great for the Irish setup that he plays week in week out, and it's no disrespect to the Scottish league, I think it, would I prefer him to be in the Premier League 100. percent But deep down, as long as you're playing week in week out and your confidence is high, you know, when it comes to the international scene, it'd be grand. But definitely a cracking move if Celtic were to get their hands on him. And there seems to be a bit of turmoil up in in. Celtic uh, up in Glasgow at the moment with seemingly a lot of players uh, a couple of players putting in not necessarily putting in transfer requests but having talks with the board about uh, potential moves this is a little bit rocky now after they got knocked out yeah and and Lennon has kind of pointed fingers as well Uh, some people are calling for his head because they reckon he's cost the club 30 million in the last two years with the way he didn't play with a striker the other night so it's it's fairly rocky, isn't it? Yeah, it's a strange situation because, you know, uh, we all know here in Ireland how important it is to get a round or two in, in European football. But for them to have any chance of getting up a level or two, it's the group stages is huge. It's massive money. And and to go out the way they did, and as you said, without a striker, it makes you wonder kind of what's going on. And then almost immediately... Is that his tactic to say it's not me, it's them? Half the lads want to want away because he's trying to a, a, a bit of self-preservation in his own role. Is he a bit nervy about it, or maybe he's just telling the truth? Like Oyer is obviously one of them. I think um, not necessarily Edward, but I think they're going to cash in on him anyway, purely for to bolster up the side. Seeing as Rangers are definitely looking like they're they've gone up another notch this year, and they could really potentially burst the ten in a row bubble because. There's a lot of pressure on this season. As much as it's, a lot of people might think it's just any old uh, Premier League win this year. That ten in a row is massive, and we all know how long it takes to get there. If they don't win it, I don't think either Celtic or Rangers will ever get close to it again. It's now or never for a lot of Celtic fans, and they'll be desperate to get that league title, regardless of the European situation. Because to to lord over their their, their rivals across the way, it'll be massive. But he said there's about six or seven players and it's slowly but surely coming out who, who a couple of them are. But you can't lose them all because I there's, I don't think they can afford to bring six or seven back in. And you wouldn't get the time to probably bring them back in, the players that no. they'd want to replace the, the players there. I think, as you said, uh, Olivier... In Cham, yes. In Cham. Yes. Uh, he's he's a really good quality player. He's strong. He gets mm. around the pitch. He's got good touches. Um 
like if they start losing players like him then they're really going to struggle because uh, I mean I think McGregor there's talk about McGregor going as well so yeah. and yeah. This, this is not just talk of, of Lennon getting rid of them this is talk of players kind of looking to far away fields and, and thinking they're greener yeah 100% um, and I suppose there's a bit of an element of they've been there for a few seasons and I suppose it's tough Money-wise, they're probably thinking it's a time to cash in. I've been up there winning trophies and it's a chance to get an upgrade and, and move on down to down south in the Premier League or elsewhere across the mainland Europe. But the competition or the lack of competition up until this season has been distinctly lacking. And a couple of these guys, especially guys who have come from afar, not locals, are kind of, let's face it, you know, they never they never stay for 10 or 15 years. It's, they probably think, right, I've done my bit. I've upgraded my profile. And now it's time to cash in, and unfortunately, that's the element in 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 Scotland. Obviously, with Musa Dembele, and now potentially Edward, and then obviously these guys are like, right, if we're not got Europe, it's time to go. I'm not I'm not going to uh, whatever about Stoke. Every, every every night is cold in midweek, no matter what time of the year in Scotland. <laughs> um, Peter, we'll finish off. We started with Barcelona, so we might as well finish with Barcelona, uh, and the mass exodus has begun. Ivan Rakitic is undergoing a medical at Sevilla and will join them on a three-year deal from the Barcelona joints. So we know these players are leaving. So I'll ask the two of you, but I'll go with Peter first. What type of players do Barcelona need to try and get in now? Because they're going to lose big-name players. And they, as we said, they probably don't have the money to bring in the big-name players and definitely not three or four huge players. So off the top of your head, Peter, what type of players are out there that would be lured to Barcelona this year? I think the big problem, more than anything, Roy, is going to be potentially money-wise. You know, what sort of money are Barcelona going to have available to actually try and lure somebody to, um, let's face it, a club that used to be uh, one of the biggest and best in the world. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying used to be. I mean, people could still argue and say, well, technically they are one of the best in the world. But I'm, I'm afraid for the last few seasons, I, I very much doubt that more than anything. I mean, okay, if let's just say Messi does go for 600 and odd euros or whatever the case may be, uh, or, or say 400 euros plus a couple of players thrown in as the case may be. I'm going to use that as an example. It might be million though, Peter. Huh? Might be 400 million rather than 400. If he gets 400 euros out of Barcelona, are not doing too oh, Sorry, great. 400 million. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Roy. Yeah, that's no what problem, I meant no Sorry, 400 million. Yeah. Um, all right. You, you could probably turn around and say, but I don't think anyone's going. Next. Sorry, Peter. I don't think anyone is going to get. I don't think anyone's going to pay four hundred million for him. It's going to have to be a deal, and you're looking probably max. I would say absolutely max, and I still don't even know if they'll reach it. Probably about one hundred and fifty million, and I don't even think they'll go because you have to have financial fair play. So I just can't see. So there probably will have to be packages with with certain players added in there, and all. you're probably looking at a hundred to one hundred and fifty million. So I don't think you're going to get more than that. So that's probably what the budget would be off Messi's back I would say Yeah possibly um, I mean I've, I've heard sort of 200 million absolute minim, minim, minimum so I mean mm. it's difficult to say well, I, I don't know how 
so, you know, there could be clubs that get around these things, can't they? I, when it comes down to financial fair play. Are you saying well, so. that Manchester City got through the courts uh, unfairly? Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say unfairly, but my, my point is, it's like when you bring in financial fair play. Let's face it, guys, that there is ways and means that uh, I'm not saying all clubs, you know, I'm not you know, hanging all clubs out to dry, literally. Uh, there is ways and means that they can get round this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or I suppose realistically, you could say it's cheating and, and it's wrong. But at the end of the day, I, I dare say it does go on. And I, I, gen- I do honestly generally feel that particularly, yes. Um, no, all right, I, I, I'm, I'm saying 400 million. I, I probably, I, I probably am going over the top. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll go as, as far as to say that. Yeah, all right. Then we'll, we'll, we'll just say 200 million plus plus players in particular. Like I said, realistically, but first of all, who would out out of the so-called world-class players? Uh, and I'll, I'll include De Bruyne in this. I could include quite a few others, but. Would they go to Barcelona? You know, the, the, mm. the situation and the state they are in, are they generally going to try? And obviously, yeah, they want to try and get those type of players, but are those players, would they be that keen and really that concerned to desperately go and either finish their time in Barcelona or even as a young player go over to Barcelona in particular? I, I, you know, I, I think that's another point also as well. You know, I'm going to use Mbappe as an example. Um, what does Mbappe do? If Messi goes and, and Barca have got money, the player that they would like to go for, I would think quite understandably so, would be an Mbappe. But realistically, you know, what, what Mbappe would think to himself, yeah, OK, I will, you know, what am I going to earn at Barcelona? Well, what will I win at Barcelona? All right, you, you can say he hasn't won anything realistically at PSG. No. But at the end of the day, he's, he's certainly going to have better players, I think, at PSG than, than what he would at Barcelona. So I, I think that's going to be the main issue is how much potential money out there would there be for players? And more importantly, those type of players that they're after, which would have to be good quality players, would they be prepared to go to a club like Barcelona who clearly... Uh, Certainly not in their prime. I mean, they're, they're not as good as they they have been. And to be honest with you, it's looking like it's going to take a while until it can get back into the shape and the position that they were in before as one of the best sides in the world. Dave, if you were a Mane or a Martial, would you go to Barcelona? Mm-hmm. Oh, then too, if there was a choice, Martial might do it. Mane, a year or two ago, probably would. But at this stage, I no, I wouldn't, to tell you the truth. Um, now. Would they? You never know. Is it your, is it your, well, is it your boyhood club? Is it what you've always dreamed of as a kid? I know Robbie Kane dreams for every club and we always joke about that. But Mane could have always wanted to play for Barcelona and, they are still one of them clubs that they come knocking, you stop and think. So two of them lads could easily do it. But just as Peter was talking there, and this is just real dreamland pie in the sky, if you 
like because you're looking at kind of potentially money and players. City and Paris Saint Germain are probably the best two options to potentially do deals. But just for relationships and getting on with people, Neymar is staying at Paris. Messi apparently wanted Neymar back. If you swapped, say, Mbappe, maybe even a straight swap with no money, or maybe even Barcelona might have to stump up some money, he could end up linking up with the likes of Griezmann, the French connection. Mm-hmm. Then you have Messi with Neymar, and then you have Angel Di Maria there as the other potential front tree, uh, of the front three in Argentinian. Messi has two people around him that he's comfortable with. In an ideal or in a dreamland situation, they're probably some of the ideal partnerships. And then Mbappe could be the ultimate number one and have support of Antoine Griezmann there beside him. Now, that's proper if everything worked in their favour. But would Paris want to give up what we would believe to be the next in line? I think they'd be crazy to. But I think they'd be crazy to. I, I think it would be down to the player, wouldn't it? Maybe if he had that dream yeah. of playing in La Liga and, as you mm. said before, replacing one of the the, the best players in, in the world ever. Mm. And uh, he obviously he has the talent to do that. He's the next face of Barcelona. I could see that happening. It would be, yeah. again, whether Messi really wants to play in France. In Paris, yeah. But let's face it, let's not kid ourselves. We'd be crazy to write Barcelona off. Like They are still a massive draw. And there's no way he's going to go without either a boatload of money or still a lot of money and some quality players to come in that they can maybe play around with it. And I'm not saying there's a new superstar, but they have got a little kind of group of players that have come up through the ranks over the last couple of seasons from the youth setup that are decent. And I think it's that kind of transition year or two to try and get one or two of them to be mainstays along with potentially who are going to be the the new future Galactico-style players to, to to bed in with them. So it might be just that transition year or two um, if they were sensible enough to do it. But you know yourself, everyone wants, wants success and they want it yesterday. So whether Barcelona uh, would give, would, would they be given patience and time to do it? It's highly doubtful, but that's unfortunately where they are. But don't, don't kid yourself, Barcelona are still a massive draw. So they will get in players that will be of a of not necessarily messy quality because you just can't do that, but they will be of a high quality that everyone else would love to have. Yeah. No, it's going to be very interesting. I'm you nearly want to fast forward the next three or four weeks just to see where it kind of ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, skip a few episodes and, and just get there to the end. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's the whole Manchester City side, it's the whole Barcelona side and how it, how the ripples affect every other club around Europe. So listen, we'll talk to you mm-hmm. next week. Uh, Dave, thanks very much. Peter, thank you very much again. No and uh, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>